Generally Speaking About the Church, podcast episode number 91. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the About the Church podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is DG Holmes. Today, we're continuing continuing <laughs> our discussion of Is God Real? Yes. This is part two of that discussion. If you missed episode 89, mm-hmm. head over to atcpodcast.com and grab it. But we're going to first turn our attention to some feedback we got from some previous shows. Oh, cool. Okay. And the first up here we have is uh, Mitchell, who called in regarding some eggs that didn't show up last week or two weeks ago. Eggs? Eggs. Remember the eggs conversation? Oh, yes. Uh Yes, yes. Guess what? (laughs) Did you get blasted They they were sitting upstairs. (gasps) Oh! Oh yeah. Well, I noticed that this morning that there was it was not your fault. Yeah. Well, it was really funny. By the way, Stephanie's here now. Stephanie just walked in. Um, but what was really funny is I saw this morning on Twitter. She's like, "Your eggs are ready." <laughs> I know. She publicly it was said, "Awesome, your eggs are finished." She told the world. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's definitely a loud cricket, though. Yeah, it, we're good to go. Nah, we're fine. Who cares? All right. So anyway. Yeah, so Stephanie had made the eggs, and it was funny because Stephanie and Sarah, remember Sarah Rader was watching live, and she outed me on the Full-Time Mom podcast. She told Stephanie about it all. And, of course, I had already told Stephanie. But anyway, (laughs) it's funny because the Full-Time Mom is released on Fridays, and the About the Church podcast that we record here is not released until Tuesday. And so Mitchell had heard the story about the eggs... Oh. On Friday. Okay. And then a couple days later, he listened to our episode and he's, he's like, oh, I got to listen to so, so here's what he had to say. <laughs> hey, Cliff Mitchell here. Uh, just wanted to let you know I listened to the About the Church podcast and I just wanted to let you know that I thought that the story about the eggs was just a whole lot more funny considering that I had previously listened to the Full Time Mom podcast <laughs> and I knew the whole time that the eggs had been sitting upstairs and were finally thrown away around lunch. And if I remember correctly, Stephanie said she did remake you some eggs for lunch or dinner. I just thought that uh, it was a lot more funny story considering I had heard the Full-Time Mom podcast first. Anyways, um, keep up the great work, you and um, Stephanie and DG. You're um, you're all awesome. Love listening to you guys. And um, I just uh, hope you guys continue to be blessed. So talk to you later. Thanks. Mitchell, as long as folks call in like you do, and we appreciate it, we are blessed, my That's friend. Right. Definitely, yeah, and it gives us uh, encouragement to keep doing this. It's funny because I have a, a friend of mine who was saying, you know, I'm like, I'm wondering about your your release pattern of shows because sometimes if it gets thrown off, you hear some shows before the other shows, and you refer back to other shows and and stuff like that, and that could be confusing. And you know, I, I'm always thinking through the process, so I'm always trying to perfect you're probably overthinking a lot of it too I, <laughs> yeah I, I probably do but i mean that, that's who i am that's what i do sure, of course, and yeah. and you know i'm always trying to improve what we're doing but uh that was a case where it's actually i, I think that that was brilliant that it happened that way oh, that, you, awesome, that as you're listening to me go on and on about the eggs in that show <laughs> uh, that they were sitting that you, that you are, already know literally like m- maybe like 10 foot above your head exactly <laughs> 
<laughs> Literally. That is hilarious. So um, anyway, we do have some other feedback here. This comes in from Amanda in Michigan, and this is what Amanda had to say. Cool. Hi, this is Amanda calling from Michigan. I just had some comments on last week's About the Church podcast. We were talking, well, you guys were talking about what your relationship with God is like, and you talked a lot about how it's like a personal relationship, but it's totally different, too. I, I mean, besides the obvious, we can't really see God and can't sit down and have coffee. There's also the Bible, which is a very interesting addition to the relationship. God gave it to us, um, so we have the words that we need to read, and everything is mediated through that. So it's another aspect of how we connect with God. And I think for people who maybe feel far away and distant, they can approach, here's a book, or read it, and kind of connect with that. And that's a good way of talking about your relationship with God, that the Bible's a very important part of it. And he left his word for us, and a lot of what we know about God, if not most of it, comes from there. So it's an important aspect. Just wanted to talk about that. I am looking forward to joining you tomorrow. Hope I can be there live. If not, have a wonderful podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. All right, Amanda, thank you so much. Thanks. And we are very thankful for that. And I agree that God's word is very important in the relationship. Um, I'm not necessarily sold on the idea that you know that you know we must read our bible every single day uh because I, I whenever i hear that the the thing that immediately runs into my head is well what if i was a first century christian you know I, what if i was in the the church in colossae and or in thessalonica you know i didn't have that bible every single day right and right. i certainly didn't have a copy of the torah or the, the you know the old testament scriptures and and all sure. those letters and things sure so so you know i i think it has a lot to do with what god has revealed and and so i i agree that god's word is absolutely critical but not necessarily for daily consumption of you know let does that make sense? Yeah, I would worry at the fact that I don't think that it's necessarily completely, absolutely required for you to have a relationship with God. Okay. Um, I think that it has uh, helped us define who God is and who we are and, and how God has revealed himself to uh, his creation and things like that. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> duh. <laughs> that's what it's there for. Right. And that's what it has done. Uh, but I do think that there is there is a... Um, there is something special about the Bible as opposed to any other story out there. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, I do think that there is, uh, something, uh, well, I mean, this, uh, that's it. I mean, I do think there's something just really special about it. And Let me ask you un- this. So unique and beautiful. It's just, it's pretty amazing. Is the Bible God's inerrant word to the human race? <sighs> Uh, you, uh, that's a whole other topic, dude. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll let's tackle that another time. We can. That's fine. Yeah, I, I do believe that it is God's inspired word. Yes, I don't think that it has to be read literally. Okay, if that makes sense. Right. So, and, and I think that I think the intent of the 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 word is inerrant without error, but exactly, obviously yeah, sure. through translation, there is obviously. Uh, a, a drop in communication of, of certain key, exactly. key things. Exactly. So. I mean, there's only so far the written word can go. Yeah. And, and it, it just, it, for a relationship, I mean, it just makes sense. You know, if you only had a relationship with another person through letters, mm-hmm. 
you know, <laughs> there there is a next level to yeah. that relationship. Absolutely. It can still be a part of that relationship and a, a beautiful part of that communicating in that relationship, but it's it, yeah. it's it can it, it there is a next level kind of yeah. understanding. And and I think in and she mentioned you know she had said you know we had mentioned a lot about it being a personal relationship with God, and then she brought in the fact that you know through Scripture it is that that is another tool of communication. Really, a relationship is a, you. It's almost next. to I think it'd be impossible to have a relationship without some form of communication. So. I think that's safe to say. Uh, but also, I believe that, that a relationship with God is also a relationship in community with other people. Um, and so, for example, when two or more gathered together, you guys come together, There is God is in the midst of that 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 conversation. He's in the midst of inspiring you. And sure. we oftentimes, I know I oftentimes, will experience the presence of God through a conversation with another believer. Right. And edit video, I really like what she's saying there too. Is she saying, you know, it really can be used as a wonderful tool to be able to say, wait a second, are what you, is what you are experiencing right now and hearing or listening to, you know, using it as a litmus test to say, wait, 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 is that truly God? Well, let's look at what God, how God has revealed God's self to us. Right. uh, And let's be able to see if that sounds and acts like Jesus and and God and Holy Spirit and things like that. Exactly. It's a great way to test the spirits, if you will. definitely, definitely. And to test the message. All right. So those were the feedback. And of course, if you want to leave feedback for our show, obviously there are things that you either agree with, you disagree uh, with us, or you may have a new topic that you would like to suggest that we cover here on the About the Church podcast. You can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week by dialing our toll-free, or not toll-free, uh, our our <laughs> totally tool, long-distance <laughs> phone number of area code 859-795-4067. I had to get rid of the toll-free. I still have the number, right? but I mean, it was like $48 a month extra because of wow. we were getting like 49 to you know anywhere between 49 and as much as 85 calls a week wow i'm like whoa and at five minutes each you know on some of them you know i'm certainly surprised that google voice doesn't have like an 800 number yeah i know i bet they're gonna open that up and charge money for it i bet they will as long as it is a flat fee but the problem is is that you pay per minute right right. and uh but anyway we we have a phone number it's 859-795-4067 it's again 859-795-4067 Six seven. I forgot to tweet. <laughs> that I forgot we're doing to tweet this right now. Sorry, I did too. But I think we pretty much know. I'll tell you what. We'll go ahead and play the next audio clip from this video that we found online, asking, you know, is God real? Is God imaginary? This this cool. guy really questions a lot of things. Last week we talked about, oh, why doesn't God heal amputees? Yeah, God healed somebody who was an amputee. In, in a certain way. Oh, okay, okay. I went and got my hair cut down here, for, uh, just down the road from my home. And he grew your hair after it was cut? No. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> That's just... funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was sitting there and we were talking, having conversation, as you do when somebody's cutting your hair. And these are like the old <laughs> Well, time. as long as you're normal. <laughs> as long as the... Yeah, you just sit the, there let it cut. For those so of how's your day? DG saying you're not normal if you go to the hairdresser and, and don't, don't talk. Don't talk. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> or you're really tired, maybe. <laughs> but these guys are the old time barber guys, you know. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, this one guy. Will they, will they literally shave your neck with they the razor? Did, and I flinched. He says, "Don't do that. I don't have any extra ears in the fridge." 
That's awesome. Yeah, they, you know you're at the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. he says something like that. And the problem, it wouldn't have been so bad, but I hadn't <laughs> shaved in a couple days. Did he and, shave your face face or just no, your neck? No, he just well he did my neck but he also and did my sideburn my thing. sideburn. Gotcha, okay. And when and dude I had it was like a quarter inch uh, a hair on my on my face and I'm like, "Woo, that hurt." <laughs> <laughs> but I like that. I love that. Yeah. Even though it's horribly unsanitary and I'm probably going to get an H1N1. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's still cool. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sorry. Keep yeah. <laughs> so anyway, th- this guy, he's a retired barber, but he's he's working, you know, just part-time and stuff like that. He tells me about the fact that he was he had a ma- motorcycle accident and he lost his arm. Oh, he lost his arm. Now his arm wasn't completely detached, like like you know they picked it up off the road and brought it in with him and and put it back on. But his arm, he says, the only thing that was holding it was the skin right here. Which, by the way, I'm actually pointing to like the <laughs> yeah. inside of my elbow. Right, right, right. He said there was just the skin there. Wow. They reattached all the nerves. They reattached the the you know put the bones back into the right place. Everything. And he says the his entire arm from his elbow down did not have any skin on it at all. Wow. They regrafted his skin. Wow. And this was done probably five years ago. This guy was cutting my hair using a straight razor <laughs> to shave my sideburns and awesome my friends he had full 100 percent functionality of his entire arm all the way down to his fingertips wow so i don't know that's cool i you know I, cool stuff and and and, and so well and d- he just says the day that today's show had uh, a little girl who was had her jump rope and she was going to do something with it and so she flung it out the window and it literally, and it was tied around her wrist, but the jump rope literally got caught up in the tire, literally ripped her hand off. I mean, it was, it was basically completely off and the doctors literally put it back on. Yeah. And she was like able to, to do this and move her fingers a little bit. I, mean, I was blown away. It was pretty amazing. So, so here's the thing. And of course this barber gave, I mean, he was actually, he was actually saying, you know, it was through a lot of prayer that God answered a lot of people's prayers yeah. because, and he, by the way, he was unconscious uh, for three months in the hospital Holy through cow. this whole ordeal. <clears throat> wow. Um, wow. So amazing story. But, you know, and, you know, I'm reminded of a story when Jesus did some things and, and the uh, the disciples were all like, whoa, you know, and he says, you know, you're going to do greater things than me. Right. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I'm wondering and it, uh, this may be a stretch and I and, and, and I, I want to say right now up front, this may be a stretch. But could what he's talking about say, listen, you know, there's you're you're only at the beginning of understanding what what you're going to be able to do with the gifts and the talents that God provi- that we that I provide for you. Mm hmm. You know, and and I really do believe, and and even in last week's the audio, and we're not going to go back and revisit the first two minutes of the audio, but he even says, "Listen, you know, doctors agree that that God that 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 prayers make a difference, you know, and and they acknowledge that that you know there there are things that can't be explained by medicine, you know, and they attribute that to God. So, anyway, does God heal amputees? I I don't know." You know, I, I like I said, and I said this last week. I, you know what? I may not have an example where somebody's complete, you know, limb was completely off and 
it grew back or was put back on. I mean, this right. is it was like, kind of like funny though, miraculously not by medical means, but exactly yeah, something like that. Yeah, and and as far as I'm concerned, mer- mer- medical means. Yeah, I think it's a miracle the gift and knowledge that we have. I think that's it's every pre- bit of it. It's pretty freaking amazing. Man. <laughs> I I attribute people's wisdom and knowledge of how to use medicine to God. Yeah, sure, of course. So there you have it. But I think it's a funny that we have that conversation. And before the next episode that I meet this guy that yeah that's that, cool. who, who says you know I completely lost my arm you know it was hanging on by flesh it was hanging on by flesh not and, by not by and here you know. I am cutting your hair <laughs> with both hands <laughs> and, and and shaving part of the side of your face which is even more scary with a straight razor yeah and then he says the comment I don't have any more ears in the drawer please don't flinch. <laughs> That was funny. He said, yeah, we ran out of ears. Dude, I bet you were still, you're like, Gah. yeah, I was still. Do you have a headlock somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Anyway, so here we are. We're moving on to the next point that this guy, you know, is going to use to suggest, or this next question oh, yeah, yeah, okay. to suggest that God is not real. All so right. here we go. As a Christian, you believe that God cares about you and answers your prayers. So the second question is, why are there so many starving people in our world? Look out at our world and notice that millions of children are dying of starvation. It really is horrific. Why would God be worried about you getting a raise while at the same time ignoring the prayers of these desperate, innocent little children? It doesn't make sense, does it? Why would a loving God do this? To explain it, you have to come up with some kind of very strange excuse for God. Like, God wants these children to suffer and die for some divine, mysterious reason. Then you push it out of your mind because it absolutely does not fit with your view of a loving, caring God. Third question. All right, so there we go. First of all, I've never in my life ever said, there's some divine reason God wants these kids to suffer and die. Yeah. Uh, now, whether or not some Christians have, I don't know, but I have not met any that have said that. Right. And I think he's just saying, well, if you're thinking logically, then that's what you would probably say. Yeah. And I, and I, I to be honest with you, I think I've, uh, I want to say that I think I've heard something similar to that before. Okay. From other Christians. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I would not agree with that. I, I would say that there's a super stretch to that, when, you know, when you think about, uh, no, we're not going to go there. Okay, I'm going to say it because we don't uh, we're not afraid of saying anything, but I don't <laughs> want to open this can of words, but predestination, you know, that that right, God sure. predestines some people to suffer and yeah, Okay, and, I could see how someone would think that. But through, yeah. but I'm not yeah. even saying that people who believe in predestination would even go so far as to say that. Can I just say that as a as a Christian, I do struggle sometimes with just putting that stuff out of my mind. Sure. And I don't think that I should, although at the same time I don't know that it's it's really my place to be mindful of every single plight of every person. I mean, literally, I, I sometimes struggle with taking on too much of other people's grief as it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. However, the I, I, think, I think if anything, you look at the poor and the suffering and the hungry people, and let's take a look at the organizations that are making an effort to bring clean drinking water to literally thousands and tens yeah. of thousands of people around the world. Yeah. Look at let's look at the organizations who are leaving their entire wealthy life behind. And by the way, I, my pastor said something this week that I just love and I've heard it so many times. If you drove to church this morning, you are among the top 3% of the wealthiest people in the world. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I know and I know people personally 
that had felt the call from God to completely leave everything and to go to a third world country where, and by the way, there were very, very graphic photos of children, just absolutely, you know, world vision kind of, you know, oh, yeah, you know sure. feed the children kind of images that are very disturbing uh, and very difficult to look at and, and to not feel like just a your sure. heart pulling out of your chest that went along with what he was saying there. And there are been people, I know a lot of people personally, that have felt the call from God to leave everything with no guarantee of their their finances, no guarantee of what their sure. retirement would be like, sure, no guarantee sure. of what their health care for themselves would be like, leaving it all behind to go spend a life ministering to those people. Right. And, that's, and, that's, and this a is, this majority is, of that is Christian-based that I've seen. I'm not saying that we're the only organizations. Right. But sure. I'm saying you look and it's the I see a lot of Christian organizations around the world trying to relieve pain hunger and suffering in the world right and and i and i think that's one of the things that in just to bring it a little bit a little bit up a little bit is to be able to say I, I think that's one of the reasons that christ created the church is for the church to be god's presence here in this world as well as the holy spirit and and christ and things like that too of course but it, it god inevitably <laughs> does not expect and, and here here once again we're dealing with expectations again but if God is supposed to miraculously feed everybody, or did he create his church to feed these people? Right. That we are the answer, and we are the hands and feeding voice of God in this world. And so what are Christians doing to be able to feed the hungry, to take care of those that are starving and dying? Um, and he's, he's exactly correct. That I, and that's another issue that I have with, that with myself, as well as with Christianity in general, is... Why are we spending so much money on this, 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 and this? Or yeah. why are we praying to God, please give me the raise so I can afford the boat to go on vacations with? Yep. Or, or are we as Christians truly saying, let's let's focus on the starving and dying? The, uh, my my bishop um, here in 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 uh, Kentucky, which is the highest polity <laughs> hierarchy you can get in the Methodist Church, at least. Uh, he's basically in charge of the entire state of Kentucky. Okay? Right. And um, he was at a he was at a council of bishops. So all the bishops coming together from all over the world. Um, I don't even know how many there would be, maybe 40, 50 from all over the entire world. And they were meeting. And he said, we spent basically the entire morning talking about homosexuality because it is just such a huge, important Western topic. And he said, and I would much rather take a nail to the head <laughs> than talk about homosexuality for an entire morning about, you know, should the church do things or whatever else. And he said, and then one of the East, not, I don't know if it's East African or just African, but anyway, a bishop from Africa stood up and said, hey, I just want to let everybody know before I pray for our lunch, because <laughs> that's the, they, they asked him to pray for lunch. He said, this topic of homosexuality is a Western issue and I have starving children dying every day in my country. And I want to know when we're going to be talking about that. Yeah. And the Bishop said it completely changed <laughs> the entire attitude of the entire council. Yeah. And, and I, and I completely agree. Hey, let's put the homosexuality issue aside and let's, let's focus on dying children all over the world, Absolutely. including in the U.S., let's make that our top priority about that we can completely agree on. Yep, on this and actually and actually attempt to be the hands and feet and voice of Christ 
for in, as a justice issue, as a love and grace issue, and as us truly becoming disciples of Christ. Um, and so, you know, that was a big, long story, but it's a very important one. It's just, I think that a lot of times when this guy's expecting God to do all these things, God has chosen to do a lot of this stuff through his church. That's right. And, and I will say that and, and this isn't an indictment. This is not an indictment of God. This is an indictment of us and our selfishness. I, I would say that that is an area that we are still learning how to be Christian. Let me let me yeah. say this. I believe this. <clears throat> I believe that if every single believer in Christ would answer the call of God to feed the hungry, to feed the poor, and to care for the windows, that there would be nobody that would go without. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'm serious. It, it, and the fact is, is I, be, I believe that when we see those images, it is an indictment of us, right. not God. Exactly. And I think that, you know, once again, it's that expectation aspect that he has of God as well as what we have of God, too. And it's the whole reason why um, I started up the organic gatherings and the, the, the smaller gatherings of Christians that I'm doing with the waters is I, I really got sick and tired of being a part of these really large churches that when a homeless man came in and the people behind him and in front of him would shake his hand, say, thanks so much for coming. And the guy would say, you know, can I have some money to eat lunch with? And they and they would be offended by that. And they'd say, well, I'll pray for you again. Mm. Here's the expectation that God will take care of you. He's not asking me to answer your prayers, but God's good. And when in, in reality, I think, God had in mind to say, yeah, you know, I, I sent the dude there. Right. <laughs> I put it on his heart to walk in, which was probably a very difficult thing for this guy anyway, to walk into a group of strangers, especially knowing that they're dressed in suits and you smell like urine. <laughs> and yet he can't even find the help that he needs, you know, at that. Yeah. Or they give him five bucks and say, please leave. Yeah. Which is just as much of a sin. <laughs> right. It, the, I, I, the only concern, in the, the, you know, thinking of that scenario in my mind is the concern that a lot of people who are homeless, um, you know, sometimes the reason why is because of an addiction, you know, some kind of um, chemical. Mental, mental issues or mental. Too. Yeah. And, and sometimes what they'll do is they'll turn and take any money that you give them and it's not going to go buy food. And, and, sure. and to that, I say, OK, well, don't give them money if that's your concern. Give them food. Well, say, hey, I after would, I after, would say give them relationship well, and help them out of the place that they're in. It, that's exactly right. But, you know, when uh, there are times when I've actually been downtown and, and it's like, hey, man, can I have a dollar? You know, it's like, yeah, are, yeah. Are, are you hungry? You know, there's there's a there's a skyline chili around the around the corner. Can I buy you a couple conies? Right. right you right. know, something like that. Right. You know, and, and eat with them and, and eat talk. With absolutely. Them. Absolutely. Them. Yeah, yeah. Find out. Find out exactly what is going on in their life. Is it a mental issue? Is it? You know, and I, and that's and that's a challenge that I think everyone has. I mean, not, let's be honest here. That's that's hard. Yeah, it's difficult, especially if you're going to watch a Reds game with your family, mm-hmm. and you know, like, okay, well, <laughs> it's but what a wonderful teaching opportunity for your kids and for your wife and for yourself and for them. And but it's just I, I completely agree. And that's and that's well, that's one of the things. Like I think I've mentioned that here before. One time, when I had a pastor say. Well, we have we get people all the time, transients all the time, because we live near the interstate. People are always coming in asking for money and asking for food and blah 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 blah. And he said, and we give them Kroger cards because we know that Kroger won't allow anyone to buy alcohol or drugs with the Kroger card. And that, for those of you, it's just a grocery store card. 
I don't, I don't know who, who even knows what Kroger is. Because <laughs> you go anybody who, anybody who listens to the full-time mom knows exactly what Kroger is. Okay, Kroger, Albertsons, H-E-B, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, and so uh, Smith's. But, but he would just give them the card and send them on their way. And I said, man, you're missing an amazing opportunity to be able to get to know these people, find out exactly what is going on in their life, and really be able to be the hands and feet of Christ. I said, so what you should be doing is saying, hey, I'm going to go with you to the grocery store. We're going to shop together. And let, let's talk through exactly what you need. I'll help you write out the grocery list. And so the whole time you're developing a relationship, and then you say, hey, I'm going to drive you to your house, and I'm going to help you put it into the cabinets. So now you actually have talked to them. You know exactly what their home life situation is. I mean, you really have developed a relationship with them. And then you can be able to tell other people, hey, this guy really is in need, or this guy is trying to lie to me. <laughs> and you'll know pretty fast if, if, if they're, you know, really have bad intentions about what's going on there. Right. Uh, and, 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 and all the more reason, if they did have bad intentions, you could be able to call them on it and say, man, I, I was willing to give you <laughs> money for food. And yet I feel like you're taking advantage of me. What's going on? Are you all right? You know, it, it, please don't take advantage of me because I really, truly, honestly do care about you. Right. How can I honestly help you? Not just feed your immediate needs, but feed your long-term needs. And I honestly believe that, that Christ can help with those. <laughs> right. Give you some hope and give you some peace uh, in your life instead of just, you know, waiting every day for something else. But anyway. So so here's what I'd like to say is is that I, I believe that we as Christians need to evaluate our hearts and, and go before God and say, God, what would you have me to do? You know, and, and not just in starving, you know, children around the world, but whatever plight that you see that just seems it, it just seems unjust, as you would say, is is that what is it? What is my part in this guy? What do you desire? And I, I can guarantee you, I know enough about God to know that he's not going to be silent on that issue. Right. Yeah. He's you may not you may not feel comfortable with what he has to say. Yeah, but he will speak to your heart regarding that, and I encourage us to to continually to work that out in our yeah. relationship with God. But I, I think ultimately, what he is really talking—we'll we'll back it up and go back to the original question. I think he really is basically saying the problem of evil. You okay. know, we have evil in this world. If we have a loving God uh, that can, that is all powerful and knows everything, why in the world would there even be evil there? And that's and I think that's ultimately what he's basically saying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people can explain that through uh, free will and free choice that, you know, the Nazis and, and everything that happened from Hitler and from a human point of view, that's the reason for that is because that God allows us to be able to make decisions. And a great, beautiful example of that is the parable of the lost son. Yep. That God basically says, I mean, or not God, but this father which could be a symbol for God that this father allows his son to take his inheritance and to go do whatever he want to with it. And not ever knowing if he would ever come back. I mean, he could have just left and never come back to the family. And yet this father allowed his son to be able to do that. And I think God does the same thing. You know, God does not force us in relationship. And if God allows for people to say no to that relationship and completely no to anything dealing with Christianity, then they'll go do what they want to do and what they will do. And so you get all kinds of, of, of really, really messed up selfish individuals. No doubt. And, uh, and I would say Hitler is a prime example of something like that. Um, 
and and so that's that's the challenge that you know a lot of people so a lot of people say the Holocaust you know this is the ultimate form of evil blah 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 um, and things like that but then but then they talk about starving kids starving children and I think that honestly could be a human decision as well but then they say well what about tornadoes no human decides that tornadoes are going to occur or hurricanes are going to occur or tsunamis are going to occur uh, and and you know and and so and that's that's when a lot of people would say well. The entire universe was affected, <laughs> right? Uh, by this fall, by this quote fall. Understand that we read in Genesis, and 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 I and I, I think that's a that's obvious that there is something that is it's it's not heaven yet, <laughs> but it, it soon will be someday. Whenever heaven and earth, and I mean heaven as in the stars, not necessarily this, uh, you know, place that we're walking around in golden streets, uh, but. You know that that stuff is going to be renewed. It's going to be glorified, and um, and even better than what we get to have and enjoy now. Absolutely, uh, not completely destroyed, but just made ultimately beautiful. Yep, <laughs> whatever that would be. So, I, but I think that uh, that it's just not. It's it's we're kind of in in between time in my in my understanding of scripture and in my life. I feel like we're in an in between time. Yep, that we are in the age, but we're not in the age to come. And so we're living into, but Christ started that age to come. And so we're just, it's, it's, we're kind of in this middle area <laughs> of time. And, uh, and so I think that, and that's, that's ultimately the only answer that I can be able to say with dealing with the problem of evil, um, is number one, the church should be doing more. <laughs> number two, uh, that human ability to have free choice and free will is allowed has allowed human beings to do things that are not of God. And then number three is just, you know, the world is not what it was created to be. Right. And, and Daniel Lewis put in the chat room, Romans eight twenty two that says is basically the scripture where it says the whole entire creation groans with pain. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's groaning for the redemption of man. Exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, that's also the scripture that I use to be able to talk about, uh, it, you know, will dogs will go? Will dogs do all dogs go to heaven? <laughs> That's another talk for another day, my friend. <laughs> all right. So, so so far we have two questions that neither one of them do we feel you have to say. Well, the has only rocked al- our faith. Yeah, yeah, neither one of them has rocked our faith in, in God at all. So, but, and I would and I would be really interested to hear him say, "Well, that's that's your excuse." Yeah. Because I think that's what he would just say. But I'm yeah. not positive. I mean, I don't know this guy. Yeah. But I think that he would say, well, that was your excuse of your that's God. your rationalization for your crutch that you call religion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I accept that, you know, I accept that people don't accept faith in God and, and trust in, and, well, sure. and have belief. And, you know, that that's fine. But, you know, I, you know, I stand up when somebody says, listen, you got to understand you're ridiculous for believing this. You're, in fact, at mm-hmm. the end of this. He goes so far as to say, you know, hey, um, you know, you're delusional. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, I don't know necessarily that. But, you know, I, I can accept the fact that you don't believe and that you don't understand. And I and sure. I and of course, obviously, I pray for this guy uh, to understand one day. No, definitely. Here's question number three. Why does God demand the death of so many innocent people in the Bible? Look up these verses. Exodus 35.2, God demands that we kill everyone who works on the Sabbath day. Deuteronomy chapter 21, God demands that we kill disobedient teenagers. 
Leviticus 20, God demands the death of homosexuals. Deuteronomy chapter 22, God demands that we kill girls who are not virgins when they marry. And so on. There are lots of verses like these. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Why would a loving God want us to murder our fellow human beings over such trivial matters? Just because you work on the wrong day of the week, you must die? That makes no sense, does it? In fact, if you think about it, you realize that it's insane. So you create some kind of rationalization to explain these verses. Question four. All right. God is insane. <laughs> That's what he says. Or it's insane to believe that God is who God we say God is and still believe that God would demand these. Now, first of all, I want to say... Are these, what do he say, uh, what did he call these little issues? Um, measly little issues. Um, I don't know. Uh, hold on, let you me go back. Yeah, I don't want to play I don't it know again, if you want to. makes sense, it. does it? Why would a loving God want us to murder our fellow human beings over such trivial matters? Okay, so the question is, are trivial. these so trivial? Trivial, yeah. All trivial right. matters. That, so, so that's the first argument that I'm going to have. It, it's no, I don't, Number one, by the way. I don't necessarily believe for a second that I can answer the this one. And and I want to say that if there's anything out there that has caused me to question my faith in God uh and not necessarily question is God real, but you know, it's like God I'm going I trust you on this issue because I don't have a rationalization. I don't understand this one. Hmm. All right? And and it and it wasn't any of the stuff from Deuteronomy that he was talking about, but specifically when he commanded Saul, King Saul, to go and 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 completely wipe out and annihilate an entire uh, nation of people. Right, basically yeah. genocide. Genocide, everybody. Yeah. And 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 it's like this isn't just war. This is this isn't just the the people in battle. It's like every woman, and then we're talking about every child. Right, exactly. You know, and everything must. It's like, okay, God, I must admit to you, when a non-believer comes to me with that, I've got nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have nothing on that. I, I have no clue. When it, I, I, the, I will say, as as a believer, my my most probably my biggest question when I get to heaven is like, from what I hear, you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever. You know, you're the same God. Right. But all of a sudden, over here, if I if I say Raka to my brother, it, I, I may have well just killed him, you know. And over here, I see if I if I spare somebody's life, you're you're pretty darn upset with me, right? You sure, know, sure, sure. you know, God, and and and, <laughs> and I say this, and God has not smite me with lightning yet, but God. The on. only way I need to, the only way I've said this, and I've said this in our Bible study group. And by the way, if, if anybody from our church is hearing, you can ask me to step down if you'd like. But I asked, <laughs> I asked the question: Is God schizophrenic? I mean, you look at the Old Testament God, <laughs> you look at the two New Testament God. I don't understand it. Right. I, I have, I have no answer to this question. Do you have anything, DG? Well, I, the noodle. Uh, in our chat room says the those noodle. nations. Yeah, I like to call him the noodle. The noodle. <laughs> Daniel Lewis. He goes by the ramen noodle, by the way. <laughs> I just love calling him name. noodle. <laughs> the noodle guy. Anyway, he says, uh, he says those nations were in total rebellion against God. You're misunderstanding, you're misunderstanding the word same. Uh, and he's about to give a good example of it. But, you know, it's, it's, it is a challenge to be able to say, um, here is a creator that has created a creation that... Um, at one point in time, and I think even more than those things, 
is the flood right narrative um that apparently uh the creation did not end up the way God wanted the creation to end up. And so he started over, you know what I'm saying? Or started with a remnant family and then started up and back again. And, you know, and so here's a story that's much, much worse than just telling his people to go do a genocide thing. He wiped the earth clean. Okay. And I think that is a much worse uh, kind of an understanding, but, but I really think that, um, you know, it's it, it is it is what is allowed of a creator. Is the creator allowed to say, you know what, this piece of pottery was not what I wanted it to be. I'm going to start over. <laughs> do they have that right uh, to be able to do those kinds of things? And who is the author of what is good and what is evil? Exactly. And and I think this is this is my rationalization, as he would put it. Yes. And, 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 <laughs> this and, and, is my rationalization. I to- and I'm. Th- I will not agree with this guy very often, right. but I will agree that these are far stretched in my mind. These are rationalizations. Right, They're ones that I have to, well, actually, you know what? I don't know that I actually buy into to any of the rationalizations, and I'll just say that this one's still a complete mystery to me, but please give me another one. <laughs> I'd love to <laughs> give know. Give me another rationalization. I'd love to know. Well, I mean, ultimately for me, I, I really do think that uh, Christ has made it clear that there is something other than the life that we live here. And, uh, and, and we on this side of death and life after death, which I believe in, um, is, 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 is just, we can't see on the other side. Now there's, uh, there are some people that say they can, but <laughs> I don't know, but, but I haven't ever done that. And so, and so I think that we ultimately have a, a, a little bit of a tunnel vision. You know, you make a great point. About that. I think we have a little bit of a tunnel vision, and we don't know what God ultimately has done if we believe in life after death is, for these people. Is death people. the ultimate healing? Yeah, and if death is the ultimate healing. Yeah, exactly. And my, my main question when I was in seminary, and this might blow someone else's mind, I don't know, is, um, wait a second, if we have free will and free choice, and it's obvious that the angels have free will and free choice because Satan used to be one, Yeah. Uh, what's stopping us to becoming selfish and having free will when we get to heaven. That's what I asked you that question. That's a, yeah. that's a question he didn't bring up, but yeah, no. Yeah. It's like, what about the, se- is there going to be a second fall? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. Cause I always ask people, it's like, well, why couldn't God just make us in and not allow, why did he have to give us a rule? Well, then there's no, tr- you know, then you're just a robot. It's like, or so are we going to be robots in heaven? Heaven, heaven. Yeah. Well, after we die, we're going to be a robot, a God robot. All of a sudden we sh- are stripped of our free will in heaven. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, uh, that's another question, but Those that's for great, another day. Great theological questions i think and yeah. that's the stuff honestly that uh you know some sometimes that would rock a christian's faith by asking those questions or saying those things but man we i really believe in the mystery of god i fully believe in the mystery of christ how is he fully man but fully god at the same time yeah and i actually enjoy playing around and getting dirty with the mystery <laughs> that's the fun part of god for me um it's not necessarily that it's you know causing my faith to to wander i think it's it, it's just the opposite it's deepening my faith because i'm enjoying getting to know my god i'm getting yeah. to know the mysterious you know places i can't see or read or understand there are some places that are that way that i find interesting enough to 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 play around with and one of those is this understanding of why would why would uh, the creator covenant old testament god uh 
choose genocide or why would God do the flood narrative and stuff like that? So, yeah. And, and of course we, we, we touched on, on all the, I think bigger ones, but he, he did, you know, go through and, and mention some specifics like, you know, disobedient teenagers, um, right. and homosexuals. And what was the other one? Anybody, any woman that's not a virgin and right, stuff right, like right, that. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't, like I said, I don't know the, that I have the answers for those. And but, I do think that, that, uh, I do think the noodle, I love calling him the noodle. Uh, I know you do. <laughs> I do think the noodle has something to, to say about, you know, if God was trying to be able to show the world who he was through his relationship with his people called the Israelites, they were to be set apart. They were to be holy, which is the the word holy means to be set apart. They were to show the rest of the world that it was not all of these other gods, that there was one God and that, and, and to, to the entire rest of the world to get it, and to understand it, um, you know, they understood military power as, okay, your God is bigger than my God because of this battle. Yeah. Uh, but there are other places and other cases where God did not have to do a battle, but he did things in other ways. Like, uh, all right, we'll put up uh, two big piles of wood, and I'm even going to douse water on my wood. You pray to your God to light your fire. I'll pray to my God to light my fire. And he would even show his power without battles. Yeah without things like that. And ultimately I think the other thing that you're dealing with is, um, and I think a lot of people, this is another huge, huge issue for a lot of people out there is, uh, can I honestly trust that, that God is a good and righteous judge? Right. And a lot of people do not want to put that into the hands of someone else other than themselves, especially with the postmodern world that, we live in. That is that's the key thing right there. Right. Is is because what we're doing is we're judging God. Exactly. And we're saying, God, what what God has chosen to do is not right. It's exactly. wrong. And and God is evil God is evil for doing those things. Right. And but we're saying those statements only based around the knowledge that we have and the understanding that we have. Right. And that's and that's what I'm saying ultimately is uh you don't know what God has done with the, the with the genocide victims in the Old Testament after this life. Right. Um you just don't know that. And and so I think that there are a lot of things that and ultimately I can't ultimately judge who these people are and what these people are like God is the ultimate person that can be able to make those judging decisions. Yeah. So I, so I, so those are my rationalizations. Yeah. For- you know, he points that out and, and I, I want to say there's a, there is a new Testament, uh, scripture that can go right. Cause you know, the, you got the old Testament, new Testament, but, uh, the new Testament, you know, poor Ananias and Sapphira, you know, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all they, all they did was lie. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, they had already, I mean, you talk about somebody who had, pretty much gone almost all the way right. into giving it all to God. Right. And they hold back just a just a little bit for themselves. <laughs> and boom, on the spot, right. carried right. away. Yeah. You know? And so it's like so maybe maybe the God of the New Testament isn't so quite so different from the right. God of the Old Testament. You know, it'd be really interesting. I think it would be fun. And this is all completely right. just being fun of doing like a play or a movie about, you know, what happened to Ananias and Sapphira after that. And they're like, oh, yeah. And the guy's like, hey, guys, hey, you know, that, that did suck. And I do think you made a bad decision. But I wanted to tell everybody else down there <laughs> how it needs to be done with a whole heart and with a full heart. Uh, it, it, but, hey, glad you're here. <laughs> Give them a hug. You know, you don't know those things would happen. You don't you, we don't see that. It's not written. You know? Right. And that's and it's not. 
you know, it, it couldn't be written unless someone came back from the dead and wrote it down for us. Exactly. Well, folks, that is uh, that is this week's discussion of is God real or are we just delusional? And uh, we still may be delusional, but I still believe God's real. I, I hey, I will. I will admit to everybody, I'm a crazy one. I'm not a normal person. I am a crazy one who put every egg in every basket that I've ever had into some dude who lived two thousand years ago, yep. died, rose again, never died again, went up into heaven. Come on, I mean, yep. I'm proud to be crazy. That's I'm what crazy I'm putting too. my faith into, and my entire career is into that. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Well. You know, what do you think? Do you have questions? Do you have comments? Do you want to let your voice be heard? You could probably do that by calling us at area code 859-795-4067. Again, 859-795-4067. Do you have an iPhone or an iPod Touch with a, I do. a microphone? I do. Then use the voice memo application and hit record with your comment. And then there's a little button that says share. Send that to feedback at gspn.tv. We'd love to hear your voice, just like we heard uh, Mitchell and Amanda before. Yeah, And we would love to hear you join us. And by the way, do you believe in this content, this conversation, the what we're doing at gspn.tv? If you do, can I just ask you to do me a huge favor? Would you consider becoming a Plus member? And literally, this is something Stephanie and I have felt called to do with our lives and and providing content all week long that is entertaining, educating, encouraging, and inspiring. That is what God has called me to do with my life. And I would love to know if you would support that. And there's more information about it over at gspn.tv cool. slash plus. And, of course, you can check out the Praxis podcast. There's another podcast that DG does. I really need to update. <laughs> really bad. Sorry, everybody, if you're listening to it. But I promise it's coming. I just got back from vacation, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Not, we'll, we will forgive you, my friend. Okay, thanks. All right. But it is good. And it's praxispodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Find you it can, on iTunes, as always. Exactly. And if you like this show, you may be interested in the Almost Daily Devotional. You can find that at almostdailydevotional.com. It's a show that I do three times a week. Cool. And it's basically me just sharing uh, a scripture verse or a thought of the day. And just really what's going on off the top of my head as my life relates to it and Definitely. kind of what I feel God doing in my life and, and yeah. things he's speaking to me and stuff like that. And I, I just want to make notice and, and pay attention to this. And we would love, there are two conferences that are coming up in the Cincinnati area that are religious conferences that I would love to be able to meet some of you guys and invite you to some of these conferences if you ever want to come to them. The first one that is called the CCDA conference and it's October the 21st, the 25th. And uh, it's basically how to equip leaders to be able to do ministry in very poor neighborhoods and stuff like that. Very missional kinds of stuff. Cool, cool stuff. And of course there's the one that's going to be sponsored at our church, uh, November the 10th to the 12th called the navigate conference. And uh, some really great speakers will be coming to that too. So I'd love for you guys to ask me questions about that. Yep. Send me an email or whatever. Just else. send an email to feedback at gspn.tv. I'll yep. forward it on to him. Cool. And anyway, pray for another church in your area that's not your own. Love y'all. Bye-bye.